Welcome to another episode of There's a System to This Madness Podcast. I am your host, Osaze Shabazz. Today is July 13th, 2020. Let's get into some serious topics. First topic that just, I don't know how to even feel about it. Let, let, let me say this. As an individual person, I do not like to use the term, I hate somebody. I will use the term that I despise somebody. I think a person might be garbage, a piece of shit, all that type of stuff. But I don't like to say that I hate somebody. But when people use their platforms, their positions to not only attack another individual to cause another group of people to become outraged that it can even promote some type of violent retaliation against another person that just to me that's evil and I hate evil I hate when people suggest statements that will go to the level of causing that not understanding their power and I take that back they do understand their power they do understand the platform they do understand the followers that are listening to them and when you are using that platform to cause a sense of anger towards that individual where it can discredit the person but also cause a volatile reaction from your audience that's evil and I hate that with that saying I strongly despise Tucker Carlson and what has gotten me feeling this way about him is the statements that he made against Senator Tammy Duckworth for those that don't know, Tammy Duckworth is a senator, junior senator from Illinois. Before that, Tammy Duckworth is a lieutenant colonel in the Army who lost both of her legs in the Gulf Wars um, as a helicopter pilot. She has made statements criticizing pretty much the Trump administration, the um, actions in regards to some of the policies that the administration has submitted and the typical Republican conservative response to this is to indicate that this person is not patriotic. This person 
hates America. And see, when somebody like him make these statements against anybody, but of all people, a veteran, a soldier that nearly gave her life for this country and to have this person, to my understanding, never served one day to criticize and say this person is not patriotic, it's, it's sickening. It's like for me to say I hate this person, it would, it would be forcing me to stoop down to another level. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there and use the word hate, but I mean, that, that's some bullshit. And I think, and I think what's really, was really aggravating me is the lack of response from other veterans. The lack of response in regards to veteran organizations, whether you are Republican or Democrat. A veteran is a veteran. Whether you are wounded or you have loved ones that have sacrificed, gave their lives, as I, I'm an ex-Marine, I know what it's like to be in combat. I know what it's like to have some type of injury. I know what it's like as a clinician who serve veterans with post-traumatic stress disorders, trying to comfort them with the wounds that they have dealt with, whether it be a month ago, 10 months ago, 10 years ago. So for a person to even question they patriotism because Lieutenant Colonel Duckworth simply is speaking out against policies that are corrupt, that are wrong by the Trump administration. I mean, let's call it what it is. She's taking the, she's taking a ground, taking a stand in regards to policies issues that the Trump administration is is speaking out against and Turker Carlson response is to call her unpatriotic I mean you know this 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 same this same shit happened in Georgia when Max Cleland again Max Cleland, a Vietnam veteran, he was a senator for the state of Georgia, a Vietnam veteran who lost both his legs and an arm, was deemed to be unpatriotic because he was against the Homeland Bill that was being proposed by the Republican Senate during the George W. Bush 
administration. There was one of the parts in the legislation that indicated that the union workers somehow, I don't know how they throw stuff in these bills, but in the Homeland Security bill, it indicated that the powers of government workers would union would be stripped, basically leaving them powerless. And, you know, it's, it's a no brainer that the majority of federal government, government worker workers, excuse me, they're African-American. I mean, it's, it's, that's just, that's no brainer. Now as African-Americans, we don't hold a lot of the top positions, but without a doubt, the federal government employs a large number of African-Americans. So when they take this Homeland bill and for some reason put all these measures to protect the country, setting up these federal programs and organizations to protect the United States of America, you have to throw in union restrictions on federal employees for what? How, how did that even, how do they even correlate with each other? But either way, Max Cleland spoke out against this, said that this was not right and he was not going to support this bill. And they labeled and branded him as being unpatriotic. And needless to say, Max Cleland lost his bid and campaigned for United States Senator. And it's the same, it's the same concept. Same concept. And it was it was sickening when they did it to Max Cleland. But even so, it's still sickening that somebody like a Tucker Carlson is gonna call out another, uh, excuse me, not another, a veteran, combat veteran, Purple Heart recipient, and gonna question their patriotism? How, how, how do we stand by and allow for this to happen? How do any sponsors and there are sponsors that sponsor Tucker Carlson's show and have given money to the Wounded Warrior Project but pay for advertisement on his show. How do you how do you do that? And like I said, where is the outcry from the veteran organizations. I get it. Most of these organizations are conservative-based organizations. I get it. But at one point, do we not come together for a common cause, for a common person? Because, see, when I was in the military, we had sections, we had groups we you know of course you know there are branches of the service there are many times i went overseas 
and we had to use the Navy to get from place to place to place. Now, on that ship, we fought like cats and dogs. It was almost like siblings. But when we hit those ports and we walking around in those cities, you could not mess with nobody that wore that American flag on their shoulder. No matter what branch, no matter what MOS, occupation, excuse me, you just, you couldn't do that. I was a radio operator. I was attached to artillery units, transportation units. Again, sections went up against sections, but whenever that shit got heavy, when we hit that combat zone, we was tight as a fist. You could not, you could not fuck with one of our individuals in our unit. Plain and simple. Lieutenant Colonel Tammy Duckworth is in our unit and she should be protected by stupidity. So I would love to see some more outcry in regards to this situation because if he gets away with this, it'll keep, it'll keep continuing. Now there are, there are without a doubt, Republican veterans that I disagree with their views, their policy. However, I'll never question their loyalty to this country. I'll never do that. Nor will I stand by and allow for somebody just to question somebody because they disagree with some type of right-wing agenda. That's, that's, you know, from a person like Tucker Carlson? Oh my God, that's pathetic. But let's, let's keep going. Let's go on to something better like President Donald Trump pardons Roger Stone, which, you know, come on. You know, I think the thing that bothers me with people is that they're, they're so surprised. Oh my God, he, he pardoned Roger Stone. Okay, I'm surprised he let him go this far. And I mean, technically, it was what this was last Friday, because Roger Stone was due to report this week because he had lost his appeal to get it pushed back to September. That appeal was denied, so he was set to have his new address behind bars. Okay, his boy Donald Trump stepped in and like, okay, no, stop it. And I mean, as president of the United States, he has that power. Because let's be real. We knew, we, we knew he, first of all, we knew he wasn't going to let him go to jail. But you got to understand, Roger Stone probably has so much stuff on Donald Trump. I mean, he, that, the, 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 the best thing that happened to Roger Stone, not only having this type of information on Donald Trump, but also Donald Trump became president. 
These are one of the individuals that not only pushed for Donald Trump to become president, they also benefited from him becoming president. So the risk of them doing whatever it took, lying, cheating, bribing people, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer. The, the actions outweigh the, the, or the benefits outweigh the action, excuse me. It's, it's the quick, again, I always try to tell people, look at the big questions. What does Roger Stone have on Donald Trump? Because you best believe Roger Stone got some shit on him now. There's no doubt. This is not a one and done. Pardoning him for a crime that he did because what people fail to realize, Roger Stone is a convicted felon. That don't change. Only thing that President Trump has done is he commuted his sentence. He can't get rid of his status as a felon. But, I mean, is that going to hinder his life? You know, the resources that Roger Stone have and the monetary status he has. I don't think being a felon is going to really, really hinder him. I mean, okay, so I guess he won't be able to vote. However, with his resources, he still will have influential power over what he want issues to reflect his agenda. I mean, that's, that's what power is about. But it just it's just amazing that Donald Trump do not care how anything looks and he still has a strong following no matter what. Just like right now, next subject, you know, he's basically giving the education system in the United States an ultimatum about kids returning to school. He's actually stating that if they don't return to school, he's going to withhold funding. And it's like, how can you tell parents to return their kids to school I, well, I guess, okay, let's back up. Let's back up. Because he can't, in his own way, he really can't threaten the parents. Of course, he has to threaten the schools. So the question, I guess, the direction he would go in is the schools would have to open back up. The schools would have to say, we are opening on such and such a date. Okay, from that point, it is a parent's decision to say, okay, whether or not I'm, I'm going to send my child back to school. It is also probably the decision of the teachers, the administrators, and everybody else that 
helps the school to run to actually say that I am going to go to work. So when you say you're going to take the funding, let's say a principal can say, okay, or I guess a, a, a school superintendent or a state, however, you know, I don't know the actual chain of command in regards to a school system. But they say, okay, school got to be open because we don't want to risk the chance of losing this these these this funding okay so what what takes place next because you can open up the buildings turn the lights on everything set up ready to go but what if what if only 50% of your teachers come what if only 30% of your students come you know, cafeteria work is all that. What what then? What can the White House do to I guess really threaten those individuals? What I guess overhead do the White House have that can I guess threaten people force them to go back to work. How can you threaten a parent to send their kids to school? I mean, of course, they're going to be parents that will do it because let's be real. You got parents, they they I'm not going you know, and I hate to say a parent that don't give a damn about their kids. But let's be real. In the same coalition the uh, coalition of parents or people that are about you can't take our rights away you can't make us wear a mask there's a coalition that are going to say you can't keep our kids from going to school so basically <laughs> I, you know, I hate to say it you go you're going to have a bunch of kids, mostly in school. Most of the kids are going to be in school that are the children of right-wing parents. Oh, my God. Well, you know, I guess some counties are like that anyway. I mean, I mean, I live in a so-called red county, so it's, it's probably already happening. But it just, that's going to be an interesting concept. And then... What happens when protests start? So, I mean, but again, going back to, you know, the different, the, the Donald Trump and the Roger Stone situation, I've always said, ask the underlining question, who benefits, who benefits directly from kids returning back to school why is it necessary that the white house will not only say we want kids to return back to school but add if kids are not allowed to return back to school meaning that if you don't open these schools back up we're going to take your money 
And that is crucial. They need that money. So of course, they're going to they're going to do whatever they have to do to make sure they stay afloat. What does the White House gain from that? I mean, is the election not you know, and I'm not trying to sound naive, but is the election really truly tied up and connected to people wanting their kids to return to school. So you're telling me if I'm a mega hat wearing Trump supporter, I am going to be happy if you're telling me that my child can go to a school that is not safe. See, to me, if I was a school administration or I had to say so over whether or not a school should open or close, I'd open the school. I'd open the school. I'd use the funding to take precautions, to set up the precautions, the testing for the virus. And I would conduct business as usual personally i think from an educator's point of view i don't think i don't think the classrooms are going to be full i don't think most parents are going to send their kids to school there are some parents yes i get it and this this you know this is this is a hardship because i i'm you know I, i i sit on the fence with this my thing is there are some people that have to go to work. They need to. What sometimes bother me is that school has been deemed as a daycare versus being a place of education. There are a lot of parents that see teachers as babysitters for their children. It was I, I was looking at... Um, a newscast where the, the lady was saying she needs a break from her children. And I'm like, really, lady? You need a break from your children? So imagine, so imagine what a teacher must go through with her children. You need a break from your children because you can't, you can't control your children you really almost really are saying you don't want to be around your own children so what do you think the teachers are going through with your children i mean think about think about this when people say the schools need to open up so i can go to work because i don't have a babysitter that's 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 something that is something I would like to see how this play out because this is, you know, this is one of those issues. Same thing with the mask. You can't make us wear our mask, blah, blah, blah. So these governors, particularly in the red states, are literally caving in to these demands despite the numbers are steady going up with people being infected. They are forecasting that 
hospitals will run out of room. And see, the sad part is you can't determine how a person got sick. You can't question a person that comes in and say, hey, did you purposely go to the beach this week? Did you purposely walk around without a mask? Okay, if so, okay, here's some aspirins, go home. Unfortunately, when a dumbass go out here and don't cover up, hang out, going to the beach, partying and doing everything else, when that dumbass gets sick, the hospitals are still obligated to take care of them. And it's the same thing with the school. So you got a dumbass parent, so they're going to send their child to school and that child will infect other people's children or really infect the whole school. But, you know, so be it. Then they also, you know, there's concern. How does this virus infect children, affect children, excuse me? Like a child, you know, gets contact of this virus. What are the long-term results that a child may have to deal with? You know, these things, these things had not even been determined, but you want to open up the school? I mean, you think about it. Roger Stone was trying to get his sentence pushed back to September because of the virus. Paul Manafort, his sentence is probably going to get, um, he's going to probably be commuted from his sentence because of the virus. But it's okay to send your children back to school despite what's going on out here. I mean, I don't I, I just don't know what will take people to wake up and understand. Yes, I get it. Joe Biden in the polls is saying that he has a lead. But me personally, I'm not I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced. It's like until Joe Biden I don't care if they said November Joe Biden won. Until Joe Biden swears and take the oath of office then i'll be like we got a new president i just i don't i just do not believe i well i know that this is not going to be a, a smooth transition i already know that this guy is not going to leave without a fight win or lose you get ready to have a fight there's no doubt about that so Last but not least, to my understanding, the Washington Redskins are finally going to change their mascot name after 87 years. You know, after protest, after protest, after protest, after protest, they have come to the conclusion that a red-skinned face of a Native American on the side of their helmets is bad 
you know, 87 years, the year 2020, that's amazing. Part of me wants to say, you know, yay. But the other part of me is like, you know, really? For real? It, you know, really? Oh my gosh, you know. People will say, oh, that's progress. And I'm like, no, it's not progress. Progress would have been when Daniel Snyder bought the team and he's like, you know what? I now own this team. I'm going to change the name. That would have been progress. But when you have to twist and berate, boo, his, you know, organizations after organizations saying, hey, this is, this is, this is garbage. And you finally decided to change. Yeah, I guess, you know, better late than never. But anyway, appreciate your time. Appreciate you listening to me. As always, if you got anything that you want to comment on, I would love to hear it. Would love your questions. Love your support. Until then, this has been a episode of There's a System to This Madness. I am Osaze Shabazz, and I will talk to you later on. God bless.